Good afternoon and welcome on this Monday. It is March 28th and good afternoon and welcome to those of you listening in London on 980 CFPL, in Hamilton on 900 CHML, in Toronto on 640 Toronto, and of course streaming online. And we begin on this Monday with what else but the Foo Fighters after that devastating news that we all woke up to on Saturday morning. I think most of us saw it probably as we were getting up uh, Saturday, broke overnight. I guess a uh, late Friday, wee hours of Saturday morning that the Foos drummer Taylor Hawkins had passed away. I'm sure you've heard the details by now. Foos touring in South America and apparently learned of Taylor's death just shortly before they were set to go on stage. As a matter of fact, fans had already gathered for the show. The band releasing a statement online that read in part, the Foo Fighters family devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins his musical spirit and infectious laughter will live on with us forever. Also, uh, we heard from uh, Mick Jagger saying, so incredibly sad to hear the passing of Taylor Hawkins. My thoughts are with his family and the band at this time. And Ringo Starr also issuing a statement that read, God bless Taylor, peace and love to all his family and the band, peace and love. And Taylor, by the way, had some uh, Canadian connections. He actually uh, worked with uh, Sass Jordan early in his career. And then also drummed for uh, Alanis, Alanis Morissette, on her Jagged Little Pill tour. So obviously uh, Taylor had an affinity for us here in Canada, and it certainly was uh, a love affair back and forth, as uh, so many of us. Just a, He had such an infectious smile and just, just a great, great drummer, rock drummer, and certainly just some uh, devastating news for uh, all Foo Fighters fans and fans of music, really. Taylor Hawkins passing away at the age of 50 over the weekend. Now, of course, the other big news from the weekend, the Oscars and the uh, Chris Rock joke about Jada Pinkett Smith that actually prompted Best Actor nominee and eventual winner Will Smith to actually rush the stage and slap Chris Rock. Here's a Peter Howell, film critic with the Toronto Star, who joins us now uh, for more on last night's uh, Oscars. Uh, Peter, good afternoon. Hello, Jeff. Quite a momentous 24 hours, eh? No kidding. Uh, Listen, your headline in the Star reads, uh, Wild Night in Hollywood. That's to say the uh, least. I don't think uh, most people could actually believe what they were seeing unfold uh, happening uh, on their TVs last night. Uh, What was your reaction when you saw this all go down? Well, you know, it's funny. It reminded me of a sort of a variation of an old Rodney Dangerfield joke. Like, I went to the fights the other night and an Oscar show broke out. Um, I was I was watching the show and I was at the same time writing my story and they they cut the feed so I think a lot of viewers had the same problem where you couldn't see what was going on but you knew that something was going on and I went on the internet and they had clips of it where I, you know sort of pieced it together but um, it, the show had been going so well I mean it wasn't it wasn't perfect but it had a lot of the old energy of some of the better Oscar shows and I think people were in a good mood and you know there were some really interesting winners and then all of a sudden it went dramatically sour. And for the rest of the evening, for the for all, for most of the big uh, winners, including Smiths for Best Actor, it, it just became like like wow, like why are we still going on? Like wh- why did this continue? And you know, the Academy issued this statement saying we do not condone violence. And then five minutes later, you know, Smith is up there re- receiving an award for Best Actor. It was a t- totally surreal night. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Surreal, for sure. And I think a lot of the footage that I saw, Peter, online as well, when I got up this morning, my understanding is in North America, they kind of turned down the sound, uh, if you will. Uh, There was no sound at all. Uh, Meanwhile, in other parts of the uh, world, because obviously the Oscars is a worldwide broadcast, I think Australia in particular, 
it ran uh, as it uh, happened. Uh, That's so, right, so. uncensored. Yeah, the, Japan and Australia also had the pictures. Like when I was, the, the, I was watching it on CTV, and there was there was no picture of the actual slap, but um, or at least not the one I saw anyway. But um, it quickly came through, you know, clips on the internet. The, the internet being sort of instantaneous all the time. All right, uh, Will, as you mentioned, of course, moments later, uh, won the uh, Oscar for uh, Best Actor. And as you put it, uh, I think aptly, a very surreal moment uh, for all. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that, unfortunately, this is overshadowing a lot of great moments and a lot of the other winners. So uh, let's talk about them a bit, too, if we could, uh, Peter. And let's start with the uh, winner for Best Picture last night, Coda. I mean, Coda, what a success story. I mean, I, I remember seeing this in January of 2021. It was the opening night movie at Sundance. It was a nice movie. I thought it was a great opener because usually festival opening films aren't very good. They're kind of like cannon fodder. Um, and then it goes all the way to becoming Best Picture at the Oscars, which is the first time that's happened for a Sundance movie. First time a predominantly deaf cast. First time you have um, in, in thirty in, in ninety like sixty years, seventy years that you've had a, a film with, with fewer than th- than four nominations. And also, a really important thing is the first time a streaming service movie has won Best Picture, which really indicates where Hollywood and movie going is going. So it was quite an achievement for Sean Heater and her and her and her her team. And um, it's just so bad that it got um, overshadowed by the the violence. Yeah, Best Picture winner and uh, also winning Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Supporting Actor, a historic win for a Troy Kotzer. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, that's that's one of the great things that happened at the Oscars. Often people that you haven't heard of even a year before all of a sudden win a prize for a great performance. Troy was a real heart of that movie. He plays the dad of this fishing family, and they have they have one one hearing daughter, like one hearing member, um, played by Amelia Jones. I mean, CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. It's it just um it's it's a really nice movie. I personally would have chosen The Power of the Dog, but it's it's clear that the mood of the people and the mood of the times I think wanted a more gentle, more comic kind of movie. You know, the Oscars usually don't reward comedies, and this is essentially a comedy. So um, that was a good thing. Um, but uh, and and tr- to see Troy winning and signing for for winning that that was a very positive thing. So I mean. I guess on balance, there's more there's more good than bad that happened last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a really heartwarming moment uh, last night when Troy got his Oscar and when Coda won for a Best Picture. Uh, let's shift to Best Actress uh, next because as you and I were talking in your Oscar preview with us back on Friday, this was maybe the most hotly contested, uh, maybe a battle all night long, if you will, uh, the Oscar for Best Actress, and it's uh, Jessica Chastain that walks away with it. Yeah, it's funny, you because know, when, when TIFF happened last, last uh, fall, when, when that premiered at TIFF, she looked like she looked like the person to win back then, but then she lost a lot of heat over the over the months that followed, and then she picked it up again with a win at the Screen Actors Guild. But then in the last few days, it looked like Penelope Cruz might come through as the winner, and there were still people who thought that Kristen Stewart and Nicole Kidman or Olivia Coleman might win. So that was a real nail biter category. But then Jessica Chastain won; it was her third her third chance, first first Oscar. It's too bad that. Um, Nobody was listening at that point. It just uh, it, it all it all happens after the slap, right? But uh, I mean, she she got the gold and she deserved it. It was a great performance playing Tammy Tammy Faye Baker. Um, like I've, I've met the real Tammy Faye Baker, and she just totally embodied her. Anything else to stand out for you uh, from last night? Well, Denis Villeneuve's doing winning six out of ten uh, trophies. He went basically swept all the technical awards, um, which is great because it was a beautiful movie. Uh, really good job by Denis from you know Canada's great filmmaker. Um, that was something to be proud of. Um, uh, the you know the the uh, I got for the first time I can remember I got all my guesses for the uh, the short films correct, and I was very happy about that. Um, you know there was. Um, 
Jane Campion finally got for directing. There was her second attempt. She's only she's only the she's the first woman to be nominated twice for best director. The last time was in 1994 for the piano, and then she wins. So that was well deserved. Um, overall, it was it was it was a pretty good night, except for what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just finally back to Coda, if we could for a second, uh, Peter, because uh, you and I also talked about this back on Friday and whether or not uh, if, if Coda or Power of the Dog, uh, one of these films that uh, actually streamed. Uh, one best picture, what that would mean uh, for the industry uh, moving forward. I, I mean, this is a pretty big moment uh, when you think about it, right? A, a movie that uh, did not get a theatrical release, but uh, streaming and uh, wins best picture. Yeah, actually, you know, you know, I, I read an interesting thing in one of the trade magazines that a lot of Oscar voters didn't even realize that uh, that that uh, Coda was a streaming movie. That's how much the lines are blurred. Because uh, people haven't been going to theaters generally, and uh, they're used to watching films on their their TVs at home. So um, you know, just just like about three or four years ago, when Roma was up for Best Picture, a lot of people felt it didn't win Best Picture because it was a Netflix movie. Um, you know, the Netflix was the one that was going to was going to break the curse against streamers, and then, then it becomes Apple. Apple's only been doing it for a very short period of time compared to Netflix, and it, it manages to you know to bell the cat, so to speak. So I think you're going to see. Um, in the future, they're going to see a lot more streaming movies up for the Oscars. And Steven Spielberg's prediction that the Oscars might turn into the Emmys, that, that could become true in the years to come. Yeah, although I've seen some of the overnight numbers just before we got on the air, and uh, the ratings are up, uh, at least uh, from uh, last year. We're certainly nowhere near pre-pandemic uh, ratings or uh, yeah. numbers uh, when it comes uh, to the Oscars, but they are up uh, year over year. Well, that's good. I mean, you couldn't do worse than last year. I think they had 10 million, um, which is all time low. So I'm glad that I'm glad they did. They, they put on a better show. Um, it just it just was more more of an entertainment. And I was. Um, it's too bad they couldn't have had those. Other, the, the, the eight of the awards were given out as sort of a pre-show. And uh, as disappointing as that was, I thought they did a great job of fitting that stuff into the the, the show itself, which which still ran over three and a half hours. So. I think they did. I think they did as well as they could, and they did even better than we might have expected. All right, and as you mentioned a couple of times, just unfortunate, really sad that uh, a lot of these are winners and a lot of these great stories are overshadowed by the incident between Will Smith and Chris Rock last night. But glad we were able to take a few moments here and uh, highlight some of these uh, other stories uh, that are definitely uh, worth talking about. And Peter, appreciate the time as always. I just want to, say, to tell you, uh, the listeners should, should see Studio Six 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 if you want to see Taylor Hawkins in a great. It just the movie came out a, a few yes. weeks ago. Really great movie. Taylor Hawkins, Foo Fighters, really good. All right, Peter, appreciate it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Yep, bye-bye. There goes Peter Howell, movie critic for the Toronto Star with us. And we're back after a break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.